Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez, joined by Owen Evans and Max Simpson. How you guys doing? Let's go. We're doing well. We're doing real well. Yeah, I like how both myself and Max kind of pulls there, waiting for the other to speak, and then <laughs> eventually Max is just like, "Yeah, I better just roll with this." Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, you, you, whoever blinks loses, as they say. So it's all good. I got you. That's true. Uh, happy to be back with y'all. The flu is not a joke, y'all. Take it seriously. <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. So uh, if you're watching us now or listening uh, to us later, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, bundle up, you know, keep safe and stuff because, yeah, I, I didn't want to miss the World Cup and this, this, I'm glad I had it before it started. So uh, that out of the way. But we have a great show for y'all today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the USL final. It's taking place this weekend. Um, you know, I think we had a pretty important signing for Rising uh, that we should talk about as well. So uh, definitely going to touch on that. And of course, with the World Cup, 10 days, guys, 10 days away. Crazy. Close. It's close. Uh, we were know, talking about this for like months, man. And just it, it still feels so weird that it's in uh, like November <laughs> as opposed to the summer. But here yeah. we are, man. Let's go. Let's go. It's crazy, man. It's getting closer <laughs> and closer. And then uh, uh, getting closer to the... Uh, 16-hour flight, you said? That's that's how long it's, it's going to be? a long trip. It's a long <laughs> trip to Doha. Yeah. You got to do yeah, the Russell Wilson stretches, you know, when you're on the <laughs> we're, we're talking more hours on a plane than there are days until said time. So that's... Oof. Got to watch the new uh, FIFA documentary on Netflix, you know, keep you... Uh, <laughs> is it FIFA approved or is it... Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> I think if you do high knees on the on the airplane, they will Qatar's Airways will kick you off, <laughs> as they should. I'll go into that. I think we'll stick with the. Max no will take your ticket for you. He'll do I that will. for us. Yeah. Um, all right, y'all. Let's get started with the show. Rising uh, is uh, starting with the signings. You know, a brand new signing was announced uh, recently, and that gentleman's name is Erickson Gallardo. Now, this was something that was kind of rumored. And the Twitter sphere, I know, Owen, you, you had kind of told us, you know, to kind of keep an eye on this. And uh, this was announced. And I I'm, I like this signing a lot. You know, this guy, you know, based on what I'm seeing and the highlights and his resume, it, it, feel, it feels like a guy that's going to make an impact here at uh, in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see the injection of kind of the pace that he's got there into this into this front line, because. We saw so many times last year that Rising's attack just kind of was stalling out. There wasn't necessarily any urgency at times. There wasn't necessarily... You know, they couldn't find uh, too many opportunities apart from just smashing it from distance mm -hmm. when they just got the ball up to the final third and possessed it and were poking around looking for something. I'm intrigued what the injection of pace is going to do there. Not only that, though, he's a, he's a guy who scored goals. He scored goals at a pretty high level. I mean, he scored, what, 10 goals in 30-ish uh, games this season in Venezuela. Um, in the past, look, he's a guy who's played big games as well. He played in Libertadores. He scored goals in Libertadores. So I'm excited to see what he can bring, not, all, not just because I'm not really sure quite how he's going to fit into it and how he's going to be working in there because, of course, we've seen this kind of wing-back approach whereby, you know, Gabby Torres is the is the left-back. You've got Darnell King as the right-back. And then Santi Moore, who you'd think of as more of a winger, was that little bit further inside. He was 
kind of not quite a winger, not quite a 10, but almost like something somewhere in between. And I'm intrigued to see how Gallardo fits in that kind of a role. We'll, we'll see, I'm sure, in a few months' time. It was very interesting when he was doing the um, the interview in that like little five minute video introduction to his team, um, kind of talking about his club career. His first nickname was Hummingbird. He was kind of buzzing around the ball. And this is all according to his own accord. Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing as best I can, but he's called Hummingbird. Then he kind of advanced to Roadrunner and then Speed Racer, because that was what the video that Rising released kind of was teasing that old song. And then, you know, he has on his uh, socials, was it uh, uh, Meteoro? So Meteor, like he's got all these kinds of nicknames, but I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure every single one of those means fast or quick because that's what this guy is. All of the highlights that Ramon, I'm pretty sure we saw that same highlight package. Very well done by whoever did that. Um, He was just buzzing up and down the sideline and not just in the attacking third. This is not a guy who's just going to kind of camp out in the attacking third near the box and just like, Hey, serve me in balls. He will run back. He's playing defense, full transition. He can run in behind. He can carry the ball. He can dribble tight in space. He can use both feet. Um, He plays exclusively on that right wing. Um, Not really. He's served in a couple decent crosses, but he's not really a guy who's going to be providing a lot of service. He is going to be doing one of two things. He's going to be running straight at an outside back and trying to like really just maybe do a short pass in from um, the outside, but it's not going to be a big lump in ball from the other side. Or what he likes to do often is he is going to, go inside, cut in, and then shoot on his left foot in that inverted winger roll. He loves both feet. This guy can attack. And not only that, something that Juan Guerra will really like about him is he presses incredibly high. In that in that highlight package on multiple occasions, he was winning the ball high up the field and then transitioning right into offense. And I think the best thing I can summarize that he does that I just haven't seen a lot from rising players last year is he's not afraid to try stuff, whether that's a fancy dribble, whether that's shooting in angles that he has no business doing. He is not afraid to say, Hey, I don't care if we necessarily lose possession here or if we, it ends up in like a goal kick or whatever. He will be aggressive and try to like put the ball in the back of the net or have his teammates do so. And that's something that, you want a player like that who isn't going to play conservative, who if you need a goal or if you need someone to change momentum, again, it's just a highlight tape. It's a different league, but he seems like he could be that guy based on his skill set and his profile. I'm also going to add here, I, I noticed the uh, Jesus Christ this again from Michael in the comments. I feel like <laughs> a part of that as well can be, you know, just talking a little bit about the fact that we saw someone who was incredibly pacey last year mm-hmm. who joined in. And I know that this is inevitably <laughs> going to get a few chuckles because you know exactly who I'm about to reference. It's Lamin Jaune, right? I will say in Lamin's defense, there were moments where it felt like when he played, some of the more dangerous moments the team had was when he just ran at them because he mm-hmm. did have the pace. He really did. One is he didn't have the end product. I think the difference here is that Gallardo does have the end product. He has a track record of scoring goals as a winger in leagues that are of a higher level than we ever saw Lamin Jaune playing at. So personally, I feel as though this is a player who I can completely understand why Juan Guerrero is taking the risk on bringing him over, seeing what he can do. Again, there's a reason that Toronto FC took a risk on him. Didn't quite work out up there. Injury played a role in that as well. But I think he's someone who does have enough about him that 
if everything goes right, he could be a headache for some defenders in this league. And, and, I'll, and I'll add real quick to Michael's point. Like, yeah, he has that ability to cut inside, but unlike other players where that's exclusively what he does, you could see that he has no problem. He'll drive on it on guys and put it on his right side. He's very comfortable with both feet. And I think if you have that ability to cut inside, but then you can also drive at them from a different angle, that just makes you dangerous and not predictable. Like that to me is why... I get the concern of, okay, yeah, guys cut inside. That hasn't worked directly. But to Owen's point as well, this guy can finish. And if at the end of the day, I don't care what league you're in. I don't care what type of system you come from. If you can put balls in the back of the net, that's often going to translate over. And especially looking at his profile, like he doesn't need the best service. He can make it happen on it by himself. Yeah, definitely. And I want to go back to that point that you made earlier, Max, about him uh, creating chances off of pressure uh, pressure mm-hmm. because this is the guy that you know when you're looking at the highlight packages I think pretty much everybody saw here you know yeah you see the goals yeah you see the dribbling but the pressing is the thing that it, the mm-hmm. kind of because he's so quick that it catches those center backs that are playing with the ball in the back of uh, um, in their defensive half I mean and he catches them off guard and boom there's an opportunity right there so I like the fact that in that highlight package, they include those because it, it it tells you the drive and the motor that he has when it comes to pressing. And I think especially when you're going to play up top in the system under Juan Guerra, you need to be that guy. You need to press mm-hmm. at those center backs, uh, um, at those wing backs, and make sure that you create chances off of that. Because even if you don't get the ball, then either the the pass is going to go a little bit you know left, a little bit wide, and that creates another opportunity for someone else to step in and, and create a turnover. So I really enjoy that. Um, Gallardo, 26 years old, uh, 5'6", 150. Now you're looking at this guy, hey, you know, he's, he's maybe not the tallest guy, right? But based on what I saw, the center of gravity is great. You know, he doesn't get bumped off the ball like a lot of the guys that are his height uh, do. And when you are when you play his position, you need to be a little bit fearless. Yeah, he's going to mm-hmm. make a mistake here too. And I think we, we kind of need to prepare ourselves for that because I feel like that will happen. But if he's able to get by his defender, he's able to create chances. That's a huge upgrade from what we saw last season. And I think that's just going to, you know, make everybody else play a lot better. And, and also, I was going to say, I also say like on the height, and that's a, that's a fair thing. There were multiple times in those highlight tapes where he is, he's like, if there's service coming in from the other side, he's running, he makes a run back post cuts in front of his defender and loses him as it goes on a near post run. His timing and his positioning on these runs are fantastic in the box. And there were multiple goals that he scored where he's just, he's just outsmarting a defender that is much taller than him. Like I get, you know, you want to have that height, especially in those winger positions when they're coming in from the other side, but man, he's got the timing down and like that, that dude is aggressive in the box. You would not know he's five, six based on some of those goals he scored. Actually as well. So so something that Ramon said earlier about his pressing and I think it's quite relevant. when We look at what RD saying here in the chat as well, whether they saw what hurt us last year and found people that would do it to other teams. I do feel as though last year, the pressing is something we saw rising kind of drop off on. It wasn't as good at all as it was in previous years. And that exposed what was a below par defensive uh, performance over the course of the entire season. Mm-hmm. So, Look, the easiest way to not get exposed at the back is to actually win the ball early anyway mm-hmm. via the press. You don't let the opponent settle into it because when they do, it causes you problems. I, I'm intrigued to see how he does in that. And especially, again, we don't really know at the moment what is going to happen with the defense. We don't know how many players are coming back. We don't know 
who new will come in. There will, of course, be some new players. We just don't know who. I, I'm intrigued to see how that kind of meshes in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, according to Rising's Twitter, uh, there there was a possibility of one to two signings this week. Now, so it's Veterans Day tomorrow. I don't know if they're going to announce something on that day. So, uh, you know, we, we'll see if uh, any more signings are announced this week or hopefully next week at least. So, um, Owen, uh, have you heard anything about any other players maybe kind of joining the ranks? Any Anything that you can let us know about? It's pretty much where we were. Um, pretty much where we were at the moment. So, yeah, where Artega, as was mentioned, um, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make predictions too because you don't know yeah. what players are currently on the squad. So I'm trying. Well, to I see. do know that I do know that Juan appears to have been going on a, a nice off-season vacation, which is nice. It's been a long year for him. He deserves yeah. a break. <laughs> I did see that. It's kind of funny because I have all these players on my Instagram, and I'm like, okay, let's look at what JJ Williams is doing. Okay, <laughs> happy birthday. Are you in town though? Like, what's going on? So yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that we have to kind of do our research through that. So um cool guys yeah so we'll see we'll see i'm excited about the signing you know um hopefully it works out definitely someone that has a lot of talent and uh we can expect it on the on the field soon all right something else that you can expect soon max owen four peaks world cup watch parties that is right oh. we are doing, uh were you wanting a drum roll my bad <laughs> oh no you're good i just i got you. i just did one you're good man <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you guys haven't uh, heard yet, we're going to be having uh, hosting some World Cup watch parties over there at Four Peaks. It's going to be a great, great time. Match day, match day, watch along. Can't even talk. I'm still a little bit sick, but it's going to be a great time over there. If you guys haven't yet, make sure to go uh, to our event page and sign up. Let us know if you're kind of uh, going to be stopping by. All the U.S. and Mexico games will be there. Max and myself will be hosting the event. We might have some rising players come through, some other uh, figures coming by, and then. Uh, Owen, well, he's not going to be here, but he's going to be a guitar. Hopefully yeah, yeah. Can, but what, little... this, what I'm hearing is that for that opening game of uh, Wales against the US, if you can't be in the Ahmed Bin Ali Stadium, the place to be is Four Peaks. That Unfortunately, right. I'm in the former, so... Um, <laughs> but you will catch yeah. me by the end of the uh, tournament, at least. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be taking this scarf, man. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm rooting for the U.S. Man, I'm sorry. Are Owen. you gonna give that no. scarf away? Or no? This He's not. His track record of giving up scarf, <laughs> scarf giveaways is not great. So well, that's why know. I'm trying to get him to commit to it now. Because yeah. then, in about four months' time, maybe I'll <laughs> Owen will get bring you back it. something from Qatar. He guarantees it. So. Oh. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, Thomas here says kicking it with Barra 76. Yeah, if you guys can make it, definitely come on out. We're going to have a great time. And then I believe for the first Mexico game, there's going to be a breakfast buffet as well. Uh, that yeah. You can sign up for. Oh, yeah, man. No, all, every, listen, we're every single U.S. and Mexico game we're doing, every single U.S. game is is completely free to register. Um, two out of three Mexico games are free. And then that first one, yeah, that's that 9 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, it's uh, $20 for an all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet, dude. They got the, the work so yeah come out hang out with us every other game is a noon kickoff grab some beers um also a couple of people have been dming me asking if they're gonna be opening a bit early for some of like the nine o'clock kickoffs that aren't usa and mexico 
keep hitting me up because if we got enough people to, they actually might, they, they might be able to open up a bit early to catch those 9 a.m. windows. And then you can just stay for those noon kickoffs with us, but please sign up. The link is going to be in the description. It's on our websites, literally everywhere. We want you guys there. So please, please, please register now, get your spot, come hang out with us. Uh, yeah, let's go. We can yeah. promise that the breakfast buffet will be better than Tata Martino's team selection. Uh, that's a that's a that's a very low bar, but the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not that low of a bar. No. <laughs> the, the the food at Four Peaks it's great. It's amazing. Every time I'm there, I try to get some food. I've been I've been seeing the uh, social media videos with the what. Uh, the pre-games and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I see the, the buffets there. I'm like, okay, if they're going to do breakfast, they're going to throw it down. Yeah, so. and dude, they're, they're, the breakfast buffet, it's going to have like the entire works, like pancakes, bacon, eggs, like French toast, like an absolute uh, smorgasbord, dare I say. But also, they're also, you can buy one of their Bloody Marys. It's literally the size of my head. And if you've seen my head in person, that's a pretty big, damn big Bloody Mary. So get your hands on one of those too. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> there, guys. Um, all right, y'all. So we do have to uh, move on from four pieces. Again, join us if you can. It's going to be a great time. But this weekend, final for the USL. I wish Rising was there because then we'd be, we'd be talking about that a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, San Antonio versus Lou, Louisville City. That's going to be a great game. The number one seeds basically get to get to the final. A uh, little controversy with the the conference finals there we saw a little bit what happened on tuesday <laughs> with some of the the statements that were put out it was great don't start us off again ramon <laughs> don't make us do that again we had a very, for about very 10, 15 minutes <laughs> exactly there you go michael uh but yeah i'm rooting for san antonio that was my pick to to go i think i picked memphis though instead of louisville but mm. uh it should be a great matchup it's gonna be san antonio this is the first final that's not going to be taking part in the Eastern Conference for a while, I believe. So it's uh, in a long time, I mean. So it uh, should be a great atmosphere. And here's the thing. I watched, you know, some of the game, the San Antonio game, and that was a packed house, man. They th- Those people came out to yeah. support their team. I love seeing that because when I turned the channel to the Louisville and Tampa game, it was a little some little uh, empty spots there, which wasn't great. So I'm glad it's in San Antonio. A lot of people are going to come out. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys thinking? I know you guys talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, but what are you guys thinking for uh, I'm this going weekend? With San Antonio. I, th- I think we both had a two-one score line, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a score line from you as well, Ramon. Oh yeah, oh, man. I yeah. think it's gonna be a low-scoring game. I'd give it one-zero, San Antonio. Interesting. Okay, I kind of. I mean, right. It kind of breaks the mold. Uh, breaks the mold a bit for San Antonio. I mean, Louisville have been playing pretty tight get matches through all throughout the playoffs, whereas um, San Antonio, right? They got a, a five-five-nil uh, scoreline. So I don't know, man. I I think there will be goals, but we shall see. Uh, I love it too. How everyone is thinking San Antonio, anyone in the chat, anyone else picking against San Antonio? I'm curious to see who we got there. Mm. Yeah. Michael says I've been wrong on uh, one uh, game, every match. That's <laughs> Same. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It should be an exciting game. Uh, we did get some news today about uh, the MVP of 2022. That was the Tampa Bay Rowdies player, Leo Fernandez. 19 goals, nine assists. Uh, pretty well deserved, I feel. You know, uh, you know, can't really complain about I'm gonna, that. I'm, I'm hopping in here. I'm hopping Go in here, and I'm making my point, my case here. 
MVP, and it comes from the titling more than anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's only Americans who ever seem to use these this particular terminology, <laughs> but it is okay. the dumbest <laughs> stuff. Like, there, there is... Uh, no, no, seriously, because, like, you get into then a debate with people and they say, well, if a player's not on the... Uh, don't make the playoffs, how can you really say they brought value? But then, unless the guy literally carried the team on his back to the playoffs, they brought them barely any value. You yeah. get into the end of the season, and it's just like a lottery. It's a lottery of just like, okay, you, you know, pick your seeding. Eh, what does it really matter? You've got to run a load of one-off games anyway to play. So it's not really valuable. You want to talk about the best player in the league. I still personally feel as though Milan Oloski was completely overlooked in terms of not making the finalists for this, at least. We're talking about a guy who scored more goals per game per 90 minutes by a fair stretch than Leo Fernandez, despite having a lower XG than Leo Fernandez and not having penalties. He didn't score any of his goals via penalties. Fernandez can't say the same thing. To me, Milan Lasky had a better season. Now, there are other people as well who'll tell you other things such as, you know, you've got to think about some of the defensive players. And I agree with that as well. Um, the value of it is always picked up in goals and we never really look at defensive players, partly because stats are a little bit harder, a little bit more complicated, really, for the average person to understand, especially when you have Look, I've traveled to how many grounds this state this season? Um, I'll be perfectly shocked, to be honest, if um, the vast majority of the media panel pays any attention to this league of any note. Um, so, no, I'm serious. Wrong, I go to ground, you go to wrong. grounds and there's like, okay, there's one or two reporters, maybe, maybe. And the kind of guys will show up kind of understand their own team a little bit, but they don't know anything that's going on in the rest of the league, you know? If Hadji Barry shows up and scores two goals against them, and that's yeah, that, that sticks in their head and suddenly he's a great player. They're not watching him play week in, week mm. out. They're not watching all these other games. So that's be, I'm not I'm not firing shots yeah, at Mike, Jake. Michael, yeah, yeah he's t- you said yeah. you're talking about Jake. I, I, I fire <laughs> shots at Jake all the time, just not necessarily on this show. Um but I, I'm not firing shots at him here because he's actually engaged in this league. So let me so I let me ask you, ask you this, not. because you're you're mentioning Yoloski, and I completely understand that point of view. We see it in you know, like the NBA and stuff like that, where you have a player that's doing amazing, maybe a triple-double or whatever, and he's not even in the MVP conversation because their team is not in the playoffs or whatever. But, you know, and so in your point of view, this MVP award should should, should be only, like, stat-based. Like, it, the team success has nothing to do with it. For, for a start, I'd change it to best pl- uh, player of the year rather than MVP because I feel as though okay. value is a completely different thing that we're not mm-hmm. really judging here. Um you could have the best player of the year plays on a team of superstars. They're not really that valuable to their team because their team will still walk the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I got Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi as a front three, who's your MVP? Well, it's none of them because they would all piss over USL individually. Right. <laughs> that, that's reality. That's reality. There is no marginal value to any of those players at that point. The only mm-hmm. question is the goal difference. But I I think player of the year is a better way. And I think, yes, I think then it should be a little bit more divorced. Sometimes, though, even you do have to pay attention to the context. The context is a player who does a lot more on a very bad team has had a much better season individually. I mean, I think the issue is that just like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think like with the voting, that's just not sexy to people. I mean, essentially what it sounds like to me is you're advocating for like, um, like in baseball, we're at like a war, like a wins above replacement. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Like how you test well, yourself no, against the league MVP average? would be, but that that's yeah. the point. That's why yeah. it shouldn't be MVP because that's just daft. 
it doesn't mm. really work in something that's more complex mm. like football. I don't. I, I think that's the... you are right. You've got the wins yeah. of a replacement. It's a, maybe a bit easier to look at things that way. I don't think it it is as comparable in football to pull those kind of stats. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I I think it's just I think you're I think <laughs> you're asking a lot from a from people who are don't kind of look at as in depthly as others do. So I hear you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. had my round yeah. for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a couple in his pocket. I could, I could feel it. We're gonna talk about the World Cup wrestlers in a second. <laughs> um, young player of the year goes to uh, Colorado player, Colorado Springs, uh, Michi Galina. He had twelve goals and eight assists. So, shout out to him. And then coach of the year is the Memphis uh, head coach, Memphis nine hundred one Ben Perman. Uh, Perman. So yeah, I, he's. I think he earned it. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm go. Don't disagree with that one. So. Uh, but yeah, great stuff in the USL. We'll see what happens this weekend. Then we can get to the off season. We can see what players are coming in for rising. We can get the <laughs> next season going. Cause uh, not that it's dragging, but I feel like with everything that's going on, it's like, I want to, want to move it along a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right, y'all great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, yeah. If you guys haven't yet, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I can merely talk. Sorry about that guys. Uh, but yeah, if you guys can download it, you guys can make some money off this weekend off the uh, San Antonio Louisville City game. Uh, don't have the stats uh, or the, the odds for you guys yet, so uh, they'll come out the day before. Make sure to download it. It's going to be a great time. You guys can make some money. I put in some money for the Suns. Haven't had a great time uh, hitting hitting uh, those odds on my part yet, but you know, I'll make sure to do it. But uh, Max, you know, you're a betting man. What are you, what are you feeling about uh, any sporting events coming up here soon? Well, I was actually going to say, I mean, the cool thing about DraftKings is you can also pick futures. So, like, if you want to pick, um, gosh, if you go on there, if you want to see, like, team futures, right? So, like, who's the winner of the tournament? Um, who's going to be who's going to be the highest goal scorer? Who's going to make it to, like, the final? All that type of stuff. I mean, if you want to look at some odds, they have Brazil favorite as the winner at plus 400. And with the lowest is a tie between Costa Rica and Saudi Arabia, plus 80,000 if you're feeling frisky. And just for context amongst us, you know, I mean, the betters, they don't always get it right. But if we're looking at Mexico, USA, and Wales, um, Mexico and USA tied at plus 13,000, and Wales slightly below at plus 15,000. So, yeah, a lot of fun stuff on here. I'm definitely placing some bets. Um, I'm gonna wait a little bit just because you never know, knock on wood, injuries, stuff like that. But I'm definitely picking a few winners and some people to advance here and there, uh, probably in about a week or so. I'll put those out there. You can join me, you can tell me their crap or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because naturally, these odds. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna rip into them quickly on this one. Qatar are down at plus uh thirty thousand, which I'm not expecting them to win this at all. But at the same time, you have to question why the Asian champions playing in a home tournament are significantly further of an underdog. They look good in the gold cup. Yeah. They look good in the gold cup. They are the reigning Asian champions, okay? So they beat Japan and South Korea to that title. And yet they're lower down. They cost Costa Rica were a quarter finalist for uh what, eight years ago? Eight years ago mm-hmm. in Brazil, right? And then you've got teams like the US that, or Wales, even I'll admit, where we haven't we haven't qualified since '58. So mm-hmm. I mean, should we finish above them? Yeah, of course we should. But I'm I'm just intrigued at the Gulf. It's a it's a weird time. Yeah, weird time. Also, That's you know, they, you mentioned player futures. They do have the top yeah. goal scorer. Apparently, we'll get get ready, everybody. It's time for the Tap In World Cup because Harry Kane is favorite for the Golden <laughs> Boot. 
I'm hearing there's going to be a lot of penalties and tappings hey, coming this week. Yeah, you got to cheer for VAR if you're picking Harry Kane. There, so. <laughs> hey, man, he's not in a tournament in his Spurs jersey. I hope, man, that's fine. I hope he doesn't get golden boot. We don't want that. Yeah, for anyone who's a big uh, Harry Kane fan, make sure to get your uh, England World Cup shirt with 22 VAR on the back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Harry Kane, plus 700 uh, to be the top goal scorer. Uh, he was the one, the, the top one last uh, World Cup. So, you know, take that into account. Uh, Ooh, Mbappe, Benzema, I like that show. Plus, uh, plus 900 uh, for Neymar. Uh, Messi, plus 1,000. Ronaldo plus sixteen hundred. I don't know about that one. I don't know if that one's gonna happen. So uh, Lotaro Martinez plus two thousand. Richarlison plus two thousand. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see who Lewandowski plus twenty five hundred. So interesting like names that. there. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty pretty high for me. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, guys. Right before the World Cup again. Only ten days left. So. Make sure to get your bets in. And when you do, make sure to use the promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for more details. All right, let's keep this World Cup train running uh, running along. A lot of the nations are announcing their squads for the World Cup. Some interesting names being left out. Uh, who do you guys want to start with? I got USA, Wales, France, Germany. Um, but... I think you well, we got the uh, we got the England squad as a graphic here as well. So, All right, let's do England. Uh, we can, let's we're starting with England. We're ripping into England first. Let's find All the right. common we can ground agree on that. before we start going on anything. Yeah. So, uh, England squad. Are we especially surprised by any of this? Uh, man, no not. Yeah, that not was that, that was the one thing I saw. Like, and I I don't feel incredibly strong with him. Like all these names here, especially at the forward spot. Maybe James Madison. That's only because Lester's kind of had a eh kind of year, but I'm I don't. That was my one where I was kind of hesitant. Um, actually, Kelvin Phillips has he played for Man City, and if so, like recently, because I haven't seen him out here in months because he's been has a has has had an injury for a while, if I remember correctly. That's a weird one to me. Yeah, I think he transferred this season, so and he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time either. No. So yeah, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's kind of like if, if he's okay to play, he's gonna go. He's already part of Southgate's squad, so yeah, he's played uh, a grand total of four games in all competitions. This okay, year. yeah, but he's yep injuries. Yeah, yeah. The other person that I noticed was missing in there as well is Chris uh, Chris Smalling, who statistically <laughs> is apparently the best English centre back playing in Europe at the moment. He's, he's in, in uh, Roma, Roma, right? So it's though, yeah, yeah, so it's not as though he's yeah. playing in like a smaller league and you say, okay, he's just beefing up his stats by beating minnows every week. Um, So I look, I think this is where we all find the common ground, which is that quite frankly, if the English want to make bad decisions on their own squad, let them, let them. I want to see Harry Maguire playing at the world cup. I'd love to see it because that only spells good news for everyone that plays against them comparative to what it could be. I mean, it's the, it's the classic English bias that's kind of showing again that they their majority of their squad are from England. I get it. They love their Prem League for sure. But like, you don't see a lot of those names from outside, you know, the Premier League, honestly. And that's kind of been the theme for the last couple World Cups, even more so this year. I, I was going to say, I know we like flat, we uh, briefly kind of saw it, but remembering there's not that many that are from outside of there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Another name, uh, Fikayo Tamori, he plays for AC Milan. He's one of their center backs. Uh, instrumental part for ac milan's uh uh title winning season last year so surprised that he's that wasn't called but yeah to your point again max if if you're not playing the premiere probably not a 
not a good chance they're going to get called. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with England. Um, what do we have next? USA? Let's go. Let's do it. What do we have? Okay. All right. This one uh, was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Can we, yeah. we, can we yeah. shout out, before we move on to anything else, actually, can I just shout out the design here? Shout out to the US Soccer Federation for that. They put defenders in the middle, and I'm not really sure why it reads as goalkeepers, midfielders, defenders, and forwards. Yeah, that's a fair point especially when you're kind of looking left to right i don't yeah kind of kind of confusing there yeah i mean they put out a couple different ones that but i guess this is probably the easiest to sort through definitely weird um from a designer's perspective yeah please by the way i just think i literally just think it's because defenders is longer and forwards and midfielders have the same number of names so it's a little more symmetrical i think that's that's the only explanation interesting thank you that's a yeah uh uh, I mean, for, first thoughts on my end. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of peppy shouts. That that to me probably is one of the more notable admissions. Um, I said it yesterday, and um, it looks like my one of my oh, Matt, text Max, messages. We gotta wind you up. Wind you up here, Max. Come on. Wind yeah, you yeah, up. yeah, yeah. One of my one of my one of my, yeah. one of my text messages, which I thought were private and in secrecy, was turned into a tweet. Who could have seen that coming? Um, no, I mean the biggest thing is. We thought Greg Berhalter was very predictable in his roster throughout qualifying throughout these last couple camps. And when you leave off guys like Pepe, when you leave off a Zach Steffen, these guys who uh, even a Paul Areola, which I get wasn't everyone's favorite, but like these guys who were his guys for months and months and months for a lot of randoms, like a Haji Wright, like a Shaq Moore, like people who haven't been consistently involved in the team really four months. I, I just don't get it. Now I will say we're, I'm, I'm kind of arguing about guys who most likely will not see the pitch or if they do it's mob of duty or very, very small spurts. Um, but I just don't understand how he prided himself on taking his guys the entire time. And then when you come time to select, he did not do it. Now, All that being said, I am very excited about this squad because when was the last time we have seen the following players all in the same uni on um, for the U.S. on the pitch when they're all actually healthy? Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Brennan Aronson, Tyler Adams, and really any of the starting goalkeepers. It is Matt Turner in this case. These guys have not been healthy at the same time for ages. If you actually, and Weston McKinney too, if you actually look at the stats, I'm pretty sure it was literally one match where those players were healthy, let alone on the same pitch. So to actually get some cohesion, the fact that they're all playing in the top flight, most of them anywhere from pretty regularly to at least training with them. I'm excited. The top guys are me. If they're not in form, at the very least, they're getting playing. They're playing reps. Um, I am excited. I do feel confident as I can about this group. And I swear if there's a last second injury, I'm going to freak out and this entire different story next week. But um, confidence is good. If you're a U.S. fan, you should be excited. Um, lots of high-end talent, guys that are in position and Let's go, man. Like solid squad, some good guys in there. And it's a young group. Sky's the limit. Let's freaking go. Yeah, there's the thing. Young. It's a young 25 group. is the average age. Go ahead, Owen. It's, it's a young group. Is this group really ex- – are you expecting them to do anything in this World Cup or is this all just preparation for the next one? Um, no, if, I, if I'm being realistic, um, I believe to me the expectation is – this is not from an entitlement standpoint. I think it will be a fight – but I believe we can and should get out of the group. Um, 
You are going to then meet in the next round. I'm going to say realistically, it's either a Netherlands or a Senegal. Um, who knows? But to me, I think the goal at the bare minimum should be get out. You missed out on 2018. Get through the group this year. Show a good performance and go from there. I don't buy any of this where it's, oh, yeah, this is just planning for 2026. World Cup only comes around four year, every four years. This is not a testing ground for anything. You need to prove it now. Well, these are players, think- though. Of, let, let's be perfectly honest, right? They haven't ever had to significantly prove anything outside of playing Mexico. Okay. The majority of these players have never had to play competitive games whereby there is such a slim margin for failure on a national team level, uh-huh. at okay. least, <laughs> where there is such a slim error, uh, margin for error uh, against countries other than Mexico. So I don't, I don't, dis- I don't, I don't disagree with you, but the whole thing is like, you can only play who's in front of you. It's not our fault that in yeah. CONCACAF, our largest competition is Mexico. And I guess as of recently, Canada, we don't have euros. We don't have these other competitions where we're tested on international scale to me. International duty, while it's in very while it's very important, I would love to have more high quality caliber competitions. We are involved in um, something like you know the uh, like a equivalent of the Nations League, even though that is a thing in Concacaf, um, but or Confederations Cup, I should say. But the fact to me, like you can only play who's in front of you. The fact that in no you for the younger players, but it, but in you in U in U S teams their first real experience of in U S teams of it does like these guys have had a, a light shine brighter on them than U S teams of the past. Most U S teams, you're you have a couple guys maybe in Europe, but you know it's mainly MLS. Yeah, they've played together, but like so what? You can only you can only do and prep with what you have in front of you. Yeah, these guys haven't had a World Cup or a major competition, but like, I guess, what do you expect from them? They've played in Champions League. They played in in Premier League. They're playing in these larger stages. And the fact that they're all together, like, I don't know, man. It's, I don't really buy that of, hey, you have to have a lot of experience together nationally in order to guarantee success. A lot of this is, is a not, it's knockout. It's a bit of luck of a draw. Does it help? Absolutely. But I, that's why I just don't buy into this is only for 2026. Like it's all about now. It really is. So let me add that to that, uh, Max. This is a very young squad. I it think is. the expectations that people have need to be tempered with them, but I don't think you should give them a pass. No, because it's yeah. a very talented squad. You know, you have, uh, you know, Gio Reyna. Yes, he's 19, but then you have a uh, uh, Christian Pulisic. You have all these guys, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, who are staples in their teams. They're not riding the bench. They're not playing, you know, EFL matches. They're not playing just these cup matches. They're, they're in the start, starting lineup each and every single game. Now, my worry is that the, you know, their inexperience will get to them. And I think that's what the point that Owen's trying to make, that once you start getting to those knockout rounds, I don't know, as a, as a team, as a collective, they played in that, those environments before. Yeah, they played in CONCACAF qualifying. Yeah, they played the Nations League. I was there. But the thing I can say about this U.S. team that I've seen them live and I see them in, in these finals against Mexico, they do not back down. You know, even though they're young, they know what kind of talent they have and they know that they can beat these teams. And I certainly know that they could do it. You know, if they can hang with a team with like Mexico, I feel like they can hang with a team like the Netherlands. I mean, the, I, in the, the point. Like, yeah. here's, here's the thing I'm going to, though, interject slightly on that. Sure. And that is we've got to be realistic here. The knockout stages in this group, given how it is poised, start from the go. Yeah. Okay. 
US against Wales could be a huge game. Yeah. Whereby if the US lose that opening game, suddenly they are complete backs against no, the wall. And that's the point going Berhal, the second game going, they're playing a that's team what he said that yesterday. on paper yeah. a better team. So yeah, the, those knockout games start immediately. There's no real time to ease your way into it. And so the margin for error again is is there's just no margin for error at all. I, I I don't disagree with you, and it, it, this across it's across the board. Like I will say two things because everyone keeps talking about like the inexperience, and like I get it. It's real on the international stage. Would I love them to be a bit more seasoned, a bit more older? Absolutely. I'm not going to say you know be naive and say not. Nah, but two things. Number one. It, it almost in kind of a reverse psychology way, the fact that you haven't played on this grand international stage, maybe you don't know the pressure that is supposed to come and you're in a way that naivety, ignorance is bliss. But number two, and this is the big one, every single World Cup winner for the last, oh, I don't know, two decades, how have they done in the next competition? How have teams that have significantly done well at the international stage, how do they normally fare in this competition? Doesn't just because past success or past experience does not mean current success. And especially with the group, you know, Wales and Iran, I think they're wild cards. You know, they honestly, anyone could really realistically get out of this group, but like England, I'm not saying on talent on paper, they are the most talented team in this group, but don't be saying that they have a free pass in here again. That's why I stand by. It's not going to be easy, but to me, if you do not move on to the knockout stages in my mind, you are falling short of expectations. If you're, the u.s producer sean here i'm picking you go on sean go real quick i just as as a casual soccer fan who will be rooting for the u.s in this world cup something i've seen talked about before is the fact that like i guess i'm curious your guys perspective on this where does the leadership come from on the u.s men's national Mm. team because a lot of the players on this team are not guys that have Mm. to be leaders in their clubs right like their best players pulisic dest mckinney all that stuff like they're not leaders in their clubs and do you think that's something that someone on this team can kind of just turn on once they they come together on this stage, or is that going to be a big problem for them? Hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, I I do see that as something that it is a bit glaring. I mean, our the captain, it's kind of weird. Like the U.S. has talked about that while they do have a core captain, it's usually either Tyler Adams or Christian Pulisic. They have a leadership committee. Which I personally, I, I hate. I want one captain on my squad who is there every single time, barring injury. Like, I, I hate that. I personally, like, give me Tyler Adams, the guy who he's, he seems like, you know, he's playing in Premier League. He has that experience um, playing there, has played internationally for the last couple of years and just has that kind of demeanor. But, I mean, again, they have one player on this entire squad who has previous World Cup experience. That's DeAndre Yedlin, who played back in 2014. He was... The, the spring chicken of the group at the time is like 22. He's now 30. Um, so it does worry me from that standpoint. But I mean, again, I, I keep going back to these guys play this level on the international stage it, for their clubs. This isn't going to be as sh- a big of a shock as people think. I understand other systems have built up that leadership over time, but like, I don't know, man, like at the end of the day, talent in this in this aspect can win out, can be the equalizer. And like this team has it. They do play as a team. They have come back in multiple competitions. Like, again, I I don't think that's an unfair bar, by the way, to say if knockout stages or like if it's below knockout stages, if you don't get there, it's it's a failure. Like, I think that's how a lot of people are looking at it. That's not trying to overlook Wales, Iran or England at all. It's just you look at the talent, you look at the group. That is a reasonable expectation to me. Yeah, to I'm gonna to say that, I'm gonna Max, say here, Sean, Sean, Sean. 
Unfortunately, Sean, your interruption means that Michael has beaten me to this in the chat, but I was going to point out to Max, to Max's point here that who, why, why don't these teams win the World Cup or do they do poorly the next time after they've won it? It's because you win it with all your players in their prime. To win a World Cup, you typically have to have the vast bulk of your players in their prime, and four years later, they're just not. Fair. Um, the margins are so tight at that very top level that any drop-off in performance kills you. But that's the point here. You've got a very young team who can really gain a lot out of this, I feel, for 26. I know you're looking at it as though, it, well, it's not just that. They've got to go there to win it. And yeah, I get that. I agree with you. You should be aiming to get out of this group. Look, we're going to, I'm sure, talk about Wales is probably the next team up, aren't we? We're going to talk about. But you've got 100 people for every one there is in Wales. You yeah. should be beating us every time. I agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's you, you yeah, still got to we'll take see. some positives from this. I, yeah. I don't, I get, I get, yeah, I, I keep on, I'm, I'm not, I'll, I think I'm gonna, I'll yield my time for the rest of this. I think I just keep on talking in circles, but no, like, I, I don't think we're going to get past realistically, we get past in the knockout stages. I don't think we're going farther than that, like being realistic on who we come up against, but I mean. That's like I said, that that's all I'm saying. Get us to the knockout stages. And, you know, that's to me, that's a success. A couple of missions from this list. Uh, big one at goal. Zach Steffen uh, was not able to get onto this team. Uh, lack of playing time, I think, would attribute to this as well as, uh, you know, just a lack of form. Honestly, you know, he, he just hasn't been same. And I think injuries mm -hmm. has uh, played a, a big part of that. Uh, the other big name hasn't played for a month, has he? Uh, he, play, he, he plays. He plays a bit of Europa League here and there, and he's actually coming back from an injury himself. Though, yeah. Thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Johnson, Ethan Har uh, Harbuth. So yeah, yeah. I, they're fine at goal. You know, I'm just saying. Zach Steffen was a pretty big name. Yeah. And he's not there. Uh, Ricardo Pepe yeah. uh, from El Paso, not yeah. in this list. That was a huge surprise That's for me. He made that move to Osberg, consistently scoring, led the way for for the U.S. during qualifier, especially in that game against Honduras. And this was a huge deal to me because, you know, he's, you know, he could have played for Mexico and he just decided yeah. to go for, for the USA. And now he's not going to the World Cup. Given 20 years old, he'll have another shot later on. But this this has to be a big blow. Yeah, those and those to me were like the big two omissions. Um, you can kind of split hairs here and there on maybe like a different midfielder, stuff like that. But no, those were the big two guys. Those were Berhalter's guys just didn't bring him. Yeah, But then that's the thing uh, is that Pe Pepe just hasn't score does he really he's in the dutch like, league he hasn't really are. done much it's and also he's, it's a much it's a much uh, a less physical league now. than some of the other strikers yeah i mean you can make the point about pepe not scoring and then you look at jesus ferreira and he hasn't scored he disappeared no he has not yeah so if you're gonna make that argument you know you gotta you gotta have the same you know i agree yeah um, you know uh, yeah so he's on uh, Henry, now actually pepe to be fair to him what was it yeah more recently but. yeah yeah. Uh, Tim Ream, that was a bit of a surprise. Wasn't called up to any of the qualifiers. Hasn't hasn't played for the U.S. in a while. Thirty-five years old, but he's still leading the way in Fulham. So you know, yeah. great, great stuff. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this team. Uh, what other team do we have? Is it Wales? Let's go Wales, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Take us through this. So here's the thing, right? And we'll ignore the fact that some Americans on Twitter, it's been like, oh, God, I feel like I'm reading things from English people. You know, we got someone mocking the language here, people making sarcastic comments about it only being Gareth Bale there. It's classics, they're all the classics. You know, I've never, never read those ones before. But let's talk seriously here, which is that if you are focusing on Gareth Bale as Phoenix, as um, 
God, this has been such a long year covering Rising. You're focusing on Gareth Bale as the US. You're actually missing someone else really critical in there as well. Look at the name just underneath Gareth Bale there. You've got Kiefer Moore. <sighs> Kiefer yeah. Moore, who has scored nine goals in 28 appearances for Wales. Do not count him out. He is a threat in the air. He's decent with the ball at his feet. And he, he scores, right? He scores goals. His main problem he's going to have this World Cup is making sure that he can not go with his arms swinging out as he has a tendency to do and he picks up cards. He picks up yellows for him all the time. And in a tournament setting, that harms you. It harms you because as soon as you pick that second one up, great, you're missing the next game. And if the next game is a critical game, you're in bad luck. Dan James here, someone who I know some of the Man United faithful in here will be like, oh, uh, he didn't do that great. I... He's someone who's pacing. I didn't even recognize think... him because he they put Daniel James. And that's, oh, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Dan James, yeah. Dan James, someone who can be a real threat for Wales on the counterattack with the pace that he attacks at. I actually think up against the US, that could be an interesting one because when you have yep. someone like that, you are putting them under pressure of picking up yellow cards. And if there's one thing I'm expecting for this World Cup, it's that actually this US team, we see them, you mentioned earlier, they don't back down. I tend to agree. The thing is that in CONCACAF, some of the things they get away with in the Confederation where the philosophy of refereeing effectively boils down to run fast and don't show yellow cards, they will not get away with at a World Cup. Okay, yellow cards will come out for some of the things they do not get yellow cards for at CONCACAF tournaments. So when you then add in someone like Dan James, who will run at a fence and could well pick up yellow cards in that way as well, that can leave a team in some trouble. So to me, having pacey guys like that as well, there's some other, uh, you know, problems in there as well. Tom Lawrence is injured, unfortunately. That's a shame. Of course, we'd like to have seen him. Harry Wilson, he limped off in his last game for Fulham. Not entirely sure how he's doing overall. Um, and Gareth Bale, of course, questions over fitness. Joe Allen, questions over fitness. Lots He's of people there are kind of questions over fitness, yep. right? But we'll <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, I mean, the defense is what it is. Um, it, it could be worse. There are a couple of surprise inclusions, perhaps, as well. Um, Johnny Williams, of course, is playing in League Two. He's surprisingly enough in good form, though, down there. So, And he has, has a, a big impact on the team off the field as well. So especially with an expanded squad of 26, not 23. I'm perhaps not surprised to see him chucked in there. Uh, Ruben Caldwell's not played very much this year, but he's included. That's wound some Swansea fans up because they want to see Ollie Cooper come into the squad. Uh, but of course, Cooper hasn't won a cap yet, so perhaps not a shock that he's not going to win his first one at a World Cup. Um, and besides that, ooh, is there anything else to note? No, I think I've... Kind of giving a quick run through there. I mean, the questions are, what do you guys think about this squad? I I think there's a lot of talent here, honestly. Like, you have a lot of guys playing um, in the Prem, and really it's your guys' bread and butter, a lot of this, where you guys have some speedsters, especially through the middle, um, through, that, through the spine, and kind of on those outside backs. Um, but also, I mean, Kiefer Moore, like I said, you have – Nico Williams, you have a Daniel James, these guys who are speedsters who can carry the ball forward, and then you're providing in service to this hulking behemoth of a tall man, Kiefer Moore. Like he has been scoring recently. I mean, he scored on Spurs a couple of weeks ago, but twice, uh, twice. He got a uh, brace yes, in I, that game I, I admitted that last part. I he I, when he when I said he scored, that technically covered that. Um, no, but I mean, you guys <clears throat> have a lot of guys who are playing you know, for top quality teams inform the way you guys play, not only for the U S but you really can cause England and Iran some problems based on how you guys play, who's in form and who you brought. Like I didn't, 
I'm not, of course, nearly as familiar from as Wales as you are, but like seeing the talent that I see there, who I know, they can really make an impact on this level and they have. To me as well, and this is the thing, the US probably looking at things would have fared better maybe against Wales at the end of the group rather than the beginning. Because one of the biggest questions at the moment is how long can a guy like Gareth Bale go in three games over the spell of a, you know, effectively a week. Um, and facing him at the very beginning of the tournament is perhaps not the time you want to be playing because yeah. then he probably can go for most of the game. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's a squad that overall, you know, we, we've got to be real. People will look at it and say, well, a lot of them play in the championship or, or that. Yeah, they do, but they always have. Yeah. They they did at Euro 2020, okay? And this team goes out and gets a result against Switzerland in that game. Mm-hmm. They beat Turkey, two teams that have players who are playing in top flights across Europe, much in a similar way that the US has players playing in. You know, some of them are playing at the bigger clubs, yes, but not all of them are. A good number of them are playing for those kind of secondary clubs whereby they're either not in the top kind of clubs in that country in a big league or they're in a league that's kind of second fiddle a little bit among the European leagues. You know, guys playing in Belgium and and the likes of that. It's This is a team from from the Welsh perspective that has gotten results against squads made up of players kind of like that. So even when you can look at it and say the talent maybe isn't quite as much, this side is always shown up when they co- go to an international tournament. They showed up in Euro 2016. They showed up in Euro 2020, at least until they had to play Denmark, which was a very weird game. And there were some absences there as well. It was, I mean, it was a weird tournament as a whole, let's be perfectly honest, the Euro 2020. But this is a team that has gone to these tournaments. In fact, and this is the jinx, of course, is that I'm saying this, but Wales has never failed to get out of a group stage at a tournament whenever they've gone. Um, we don't go very often, but when we do, we get out of the group. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I know the U.S. struggled with teams during qualifying when those teams sat back and they allowed the U.S. kind of to dictate the tempo. So if Wales is going to go with that option and just run, you know, with you know, with uh, Daniel James and the guys that they have, it might be might be an issue for the U.S. So we'll see. We'll see for sure. You know what I will uh, say as well, actually. Sorry, just on that with Wales' it. record at tournaments is that the first, the last time Wales was at a World Cup was 1958. In that World Cup, Wales was knocked out by a young Brazilian at his first World Cup. They lost one nil to Brazil. It was Pele who scored. Uh, wouldn't it feel quite fitting if Wales was knocked out of this World Cup by uh, a different South American uh, legend at his last World Cup? Weird parallels to draw, but and it's a possible well, the way the draw is, it's yeah. actually possible. Like, this is, what is that semifinals basically? Quarters, yeah, quarters, yeah. But huh. if you get out the but if you get out the group and you're not playing the Netherlands in the next round, all the teams in Group A are beatable for either the US or Wales, probably. Mm. They're not necessarily wins, but they're beatable, yeah, yeah. They're not, we'll it's see. not like playing superstars. My, my question becomes for you. If you guys fall behind early, and if I recall correctly, the last couple matches, you know, albeit some of them are tune-ups or whatever, I think that's where it's going to hurt you guys. And I think also for us, really for, I mean, that's an easy thing to say, but I think if you guys, the way you guys play, it'll open you guys up. And if you guys go down 
uh, if you guys can see the first goal, I'm not saying it's over, but that's tough. That's tough. It, it is tough. It is tough, but it's not over. I mean, you look at, again, you go back to the last tournament, Wales conceded uh, against Switzerland early in the second half, and then Kiefer Moore gets the equaliser um. later on. Um, the team is capable of fighting back. It's just that, look, okay, if we take the most recent examples, you have to bear in mind that Wales are in a group, like, they play Poland, weird time. Okay, the home game was not great. Um, that was a poor game. I'll, I'll be straight out and say it. Um, the away game against Poland as a team, we were focused on the playoff final that was coming mm. four days later. Okay, and realistically, that does take your attention. You not you don't care about a Nations League game when four days later you've got Wales against Ukraine to qualify for the World Cup. Sure. You the other games were against Belgium and the Netherlands, so they were against good good teams. Yeah. Um, and he, even then, okay, Wales went one nil down against the Netherlands and equalised, but they lapsed and then conceded in stoppage time at the very end. In fact, Wales also was 2-0 down away from home at the Netherlands, came back to 2-all before again lapsing at the very end and conceding. So well, they can hang around. But... <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say... I think it's a little bit unfair to say you concede the first goal. You know, it's... That, I mean, it's always more difficult when you concede the first goal. But it's not as though this Welsh team hasn't clawed their way back into games. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Again, less okay. than... 10 days now from the opening match. So it's going to be an exciting time. And it's also going to be a stressful time, y'all. And I think we know how to get over that stress, right? With some OGs, because that's what I need right now. You know, I'm, unless I'm going to go see... into Qatar, unless you go into Qatar. It's <laughs> like a couple bags. What's the worst that could happen when you get over there? Yeah, what's uh, the worst that could happen? I wonder. He ain't coming back. I'm not testing that one. <laughs> yeah, we need, Owen wasn't able to make it back, but, you know, we. <laughs> Y'all want to join us anyway? Ever, yeah. yeah. Get some OGs, guys. Great flavors. They got the sleepy time one. You guys need uh, before going to bed. Uh, I'm partial to the pineapple one. That was my favorite one. So when I go to the office, I got to make sure to to get some. But if you guys aren't able uh, to uh, to get to the office like me, you guys can get them at your local dispensary or go to ogsbrands.com and get your uh, your very own. And remember, guys, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy OG. So I'm definitely going to be stocking up because I'm going to be stressed. I know Mexico's not going to do good. Uh, my blood pressure's already going up, so let's, uh, let's not talk about it anymore. But yeah, great show, y'all. Uh, next week, we're going to be ramping up our World Cup talk a little bit more, giving our predictions. We're going to do the first half of... Uh, of the groups, I guess on Tuesday and then the second half on Thursday, give your prediction, uh, our predictions, let you know who we're looking forward to seeing from each team, you know, what we, what you know, what we feel is going to happen and, and give your, uh, give our predictions uh, ultimately to who's going to win the tournament. We're going to see, we're going to see what happens. Max, thank you for, for all your input today. I really appreciate it. Owen, I'm, I'm learning about Wales so much, man. Like I appreciate it. I gotta, I got, I'm going to be ready for this world cup for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yeah, I got you. And uh, yeah, shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you for joining us today. Harry, Bonnie, we see you here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and again, if you guys are able to, make sure to join us at the Four Peaks uh, watch parties that we're going to have for the World Cup. Mexico mm -hmm. and U.S. matches, all of them. Max and I are going to be there. It's going to be a great Go. time. Sign up, sign up, sign up. It's going to be a fun time. Um, I was going to say, Owen, oh, we can talk about this offline, but maybe uh, you do a little going away beer with uh, the PHNX Rising crew and some uh, some fans tuning in before you head off to uh, to the World Cup. 
going to be a busy time for this next week. So maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll not. figure it out. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. I do, yeah, I do have a question for you. Why'd you uh, try to hurt Emma's uh, knees that one time, man? That's pretty brutal of you. Just, you had to be there. Everyone, watch out Just for this man. Can't trust him anywhere. Emma's standing in that studio. I know she is. <laughs> you, can, you can give this a rest now. We've gone I... over an hour, boys. Let's call it. <laughs> oh, there you I'm go. behind the Mac, buddy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh oh. All right, y'all. That wraps up a wow. great show. Again, join us next week for our predictions for the World Cup. Until then, take care and see you next time.